Hey friends, welcome to Around the Campfire with Amy. It's no secret the best stories have always been shared around a campfire. My guests and I will have a conversation, campfire style, that will leave you inspired, encouraged, and glad you pulled up a stump to listen in. Grab your favorite campfire beverage, kick back and relax, and I'll stoke the fire. We should be rejoicing every time we age. So we should get rid of the words that say, I'm aging, as if it's a negative. Right. I'm aging, and I am so glad about that. I'm celebrating half birthdays. I mean, this is a good thing. We've got to change the conversation about how we look at it. Hey, friends, you may think today's conversation isn't for you, but I promise it is. Why? Because we are all getting older, and so are our families. And there is no stopping it, so we might as well embrace it, right? I have a conversation with my friend Marilyn Olson. Marilyn is the executive director of Villages OKC, which is a nonprofit that encourages successful aging by learning, planning, and serving. Marilyn is an expert on all things aging. So if you're a Gen Xer, a millennial, or a baby boomer, you need to be having this conversation either with your parents or your children. We talk about why there's a negative connotation to aging and how we can be prepared and turn it into a time of life with no fear and full of joy. This is one you're going to want to share with your siblings, kids, and friends. So let's get to it. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the campfire today. I'm super excited to have Marilyn Olson with me today. She is currently the executive director of Villages OKC, which is a nonprofit virtual community for mature adults who help each other age successfully by learning, planning, and serving. And so I'm going to tell you guys right now, I feel old having this conversation today, (laughs) but it's something that we all need to talk about. Everybody needs to hear it. And so welcome to the podcast, Marilyn. Oh, this is so exciting. I am so honored that you would have me. I wish you guys could have seen Marilyn putting on her headphones earlier. (laughs) She had them flipped so she couldn't hear. And she was ready to go. And then I had to to have her flip them. But anyway, so what we're going to do today, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what I, um, the past six months of my life has looked like because it was unexpected. And it's something that probably everyone is going to go through. And I have learned a lot in the past six months, thanks to Marilyn's help in part. So we'll just get going. Marilyn knows the story. You can interject wherever you need to. So about um, in November, my 102-year-old grandmother, who lives in independent living, lived in independent living, called me at 2 in the morning and said, honey, I'm returning your call. And I was like, grandma, it's 2 in the morning. And she was like, oh, it is? And so we hung up and she went to bed. The next morning I called my mother, who is her primary caregiver, and said, mom, grandma called me at two in the morning and I think something's wrong. So my mom called the independent living, had them check on her. To make a very long story short, she had gotten COVID. And this is the first time she'd gotten it in November. And clearly she was not in her right mind (laughs) because of it. So um, my mom, undergoing chemotherapy for cancer treatment could not we didn't want her to get sick so I said mom I will go up and check her out so I went up started checking on her three times a day making sure that she was eating and sleeping checking on her three times a day making sure she was okay but she progressively got worse she quit eating and so I had some decisions to make 
I didn't know if I needed to be with her constantly, if I needed to be with her at night. Was she dying? Was she just sick? I was kind of at a loss as to what to do. So um, calling my mom going, I don't know what to do. She couldn't come up and help me. We've known Marilyn for a really, really long time. She was my aunt's best friend, and she is an expert in the area of aging. So, Marilyn, did my mom call you, or did you hear through the grapevine? I think your mother texted me, perhaps. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, But basically, she just said, you know, would you kind of be there and and talk her through this? And so, if I recall, one of the things that you were concerned with is that your grandmother refused to go to the emergency room. Yes. Which was a very wise thing on her part. But... You didn't know that because you did what was automatically. And so we kind of talked through some of the options and the decisions. And so I think just having a good friend, a big sister, so to speak, um, is really what this is all about. Yeah, yeah. So Marilyn even went as far as to, I, I have some, I have siblings who all couldn't be around to help. So this was literally me and my grandma. And, and I was going to need to usher her basically into the pearly gates. And I was doing it by myself. And so Marilyn was kind enough to help me even, I didn't want to leave her by herself because I, you know, you don't want to leave someone who's dying by themselves. So I, um, Marilyn helped me find someone who would actually come and let me take a shower. Like that was huge. I remember being so relieved that I would have someone with her for an hour while I ran home and took a shower. Because at this point I'm, I'm staying with her 24 hours a day. And, you know, Amy, the, the parallels between that and motherhood are exactly the same. Every mother needs time to take a shower. You know, there's all kinds of stories of not being able to go to the bathroom by yourself because of the young ones. So everybody needs a little relief when you are the caregiver, be it a young mom or in the situation that you were in where you were caring for an older person. It, this issues, the emotions, the fatigue is the same. And everybody needs a little help. That is, that is true. It was real. The fatigue was real. I, and I honestly think it was the emotional stress of when was she going to pass? Was I doing this right? I remember saying to the hospice nurse who would come in just for a little bit and, and kind of coach me and then leave. But I remember saying, I just want to do this right and do it well. But I'd never been through it. I mm-hmm. didn't know what to do. You know, when do I give her the morphine? You know, all of those things. It was just, it was very stressful. And, and if so, I recall, Amy, you even questioned or maybe had not thought about hospice. And so when we talked, I said, this is exactly what you need to do. That's, I mean, hospice is there to help you. And so um, I felt the relief on your part of just making that decision, not making it alone, but with someone else. In that case, that was my, my privilege. So I think, again, that's, it's finding somebody to walk with you and just kind of help the process of thinking this through. Right. Because you've never done it before. I hadn't. And the truth is, we're all going to do it. (laughs) We're all going to have to do this at some point. So that my grandmother passed peacefully. I was there with her and and I was, I was so relieved that I had that time with her. During that time, I was stressed to the max. But looking back, I'm just so thankful for that time and the help that I received. So fast forward to January and, um, my mom's still going, undergoing chemotherapy, and my stepdad ends up in the hospital with COVID. So again, I'm, the, I'm one of the only siblings here, so I had to step up. This was all on me. So I'm the one taking him to the hospital. I'm the one checking on him. And um, we kind of, my mom couldn't go up there. And as siblings, we kind of went through a time where we, we had some confusion over um, do we need a medical power of attorney? If so, who's that going to be? And we can't really have this conversation right now because this is super stressful. And so it made 
a, a complicated situation more stressful. So that brought to light just some things that um, we needed to talk about as a family um, as far as what my parents, what their wishes were, who was next in line to do what. And the you know it's much easier to do that when you're not in the middle of the situation. <laughs> right, you know? right. That and, is so true. We all knew that that couldn't happen right at that moment. But then we also had decisions to make. But um, he came out of the hospital great. My parents are both healthy and well at this point. But we need to take care of some things as a family. So that's kind of what br- is bringing on this conversation. You all, no matter where you're at, you never know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen we need to talk to our parents about this. So today, this is for you, Gen X and Millennials. I know you're in my age range. This conversation is for you. But it's also for um, people who are my parents' age. I don't know what generation that is. Do you, we should have looked that Boomer, up. I think, maybe. Boomer. or Oh, I think you're right. Or maybe just under that. I'm yeah. not sure. Well, this is something I feel like everyone needs to be talking about. So, Marilyn, let's talk about aging. Okay. Why do you think there is a negative connotation with aging? We should be rejoicing every time we age. So we should get rid of the words that say, I'm aging, as if it's a negative. Right. I'm aging, and I am so glad about that. I'm celebrating half birthdays. I mean, this is a good thing. We've got to change the conversation about how we look at it, which leads into your question, which is the negative connotation. In the days when things were more agricultural, people saw birth and death every spring and fall. And so it became natural. And so we've kind of taken the natural out of the cycle. I mean, kids Mm -hmm. don't know where milk comes from, and, you know, they think (laughs) it's the store and all that. So what we've got to do is put it back in the proper context. Uh, We fear what we don't understand or don't know. And so we at Villages are choosing to be grateful and hopeful and plan ahead, not fearful, because this is natural. And we, we all want to be natural. You know? Well, and I love it. You say this a lot. I, I read it somewhere first. Aging, everybody's doing it. Like, we're all <laughs> doing it. So this should be a conversation that we're having all the time, and we shouldn't be scared of it. Not only not scared, we should be applauding it, you know? Mm-hmm. As your grandmother did after she uh, continued to age, people marveled at her. People wanted to interview her. People wanted to know, you know, how did she still... Um, be vivacious and and she was entertaining. I mean, she she was the ultimate hostess till till her last breath. You and know? as a side note, she had a Dr Pepper every single day. She attributed her 102 years to a Dr Pepper and reading her Bible every single day. Yep. So there you have it, everybody. <laughs> well, having a plan is a part of it. So part of her plan was Dr Pepper. So right. Okay. So how should I, as a child, start this conversation with my parents about you know getting all getting down their wishes, getting, you know, I want to help them in this process and do what they want as they age. So how do I even start this conversation? It's just like you start the conversation about sex. <laughs> you, 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 uh, you lay out things to talk about, and the best way is to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. So rather than pointing the finger, Mom, what do you want? Mom, we've got to talk about your death. I mean, you know, you Mm -hmm. are going to die as if I'm not going to. Uh, Reverse that. And you say, I'm really kind of concerned. I've had a couple of friends my age who are dealing with things, and I'm wanting to be prepared. I wouldn't want, you know, my children to have a responsibility without having some understanding of how this works. So would you help me think through what is a good uh, process for me to to think in terms of? So play the what-if game. So you would say to mom, okay, 
what if I got cancer? Where would I go for treatment? Or how much treatment would I get? Would I go through all of the processes? You know, just thinking about that and making decisions causes you to research and find out options and then make your own good decision. Mm -hmm. So really, we could do this planning together. I could be planning. I mean, I'm 46, but the truth is... Actually, I was going to say that. That was a great line. <laughs> that what? That we should do it together? Absolutely. Because because doing it together is way better than pointing the finger and saying what you should do. You know, mm -hmm. let's mm -hmm. do this together is a great line. Yeah. Okay. So what should be the first thing? Because the truth is, there's a whole lot more besides your funeral wishes and, you know, where you want to be buried. There's a whole lot more. So what should the first thing be? that we visit? What's the first subject we should broach as we are planning? Well, you this? want to get things together in terms of, of uh, legal. So you have to have paperwork to shut the electricity off or turn it on. I mean, you can't do anything without paper. So you want proper mm -hmm. paperwork for all of the pieces. And you've got to get informed about that. So certainly powers of attorney for health, powers of attorney for, for financial and, you know, to, for dealing with those kind of things, not just after someone's gone, but while there is a crisis, just like right. your stepdad was in the hospital. I mean, that somebody else had to do all those things that he usually did and make those decisions. And um, so the first thing is just to make a list. And I'd start with the simple things. Do you know the Medicare number if they're, they're on Medicare or the or it is the insurance numbers and so forth? So you start with the easy things first that mm -hmm. are easy to talk about. Right. And then you delve down more fully into the more specific, be it financial bank accounts and so forth and then about emotional decisions you know in a crisis so just thinking through uh how you would handle something so for example many people my age are going to face knee surgery or elective hip, hip surgery just mm -hmm. to be able to manipulate better so they might say okay if i'm going to have hip surgery after I get out, I'll go to the rehab. Okay, which rehab? And then after the rehab, I'll probably need some help at home. Well, I'll just go to my daughter's. But then you, so you think about, okay, wait a minute. She's got a tri-level house, my hip, my walker. That's probably not going to work. So you just think about all of the steps that make it so uh, difficult. Mm -hmm. And and uh, you do that in uh, starting with the end. So hip surgery, then you back up, you know, what, what would all would I need? So I think that probably is take each opportunity for physical, mm -hmm. financial, transportation, food, dressing, bathing, all of the details of life, and how would I handle those if, if I couldn't? So if I had a stroke and I couldn't talk, what would you need to know? Right. And how would I communicate? If I had a stroke and couldn't walk, then what, you know? I remember you telling a story recently that um, we had or a village member told us that they knew a friend whose husband passed away suddenly and he did everything on the computer and, and the wife knew nothing like passwords, nothing. And didn't they spend like days trying to six days, one account trying to figure out how to get into this computer. So we definitely don't want things like that to happen because that just adds more stress. And even if it's not computer, it's passwords at the bank. It's medical passwords for your for your account. So the um, the access and the communication is critical at every at every juncture. So you can have everything in order, but if no one can access it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Now what if my parents don't want to talk about aging, they don't want my help, or they won't listen. This is hypothetical because just so you know, my parents will want to do this. <laughs> well, I think uh, this is America and people do have a choice. Mm -hmm. 
And so we have personal responsibility. I mean, God himself sets us up with a personal choice at every level. Parents can only do so much, and same with children. Mm -hmm. So we should do our best to make that um, easily discussed, but you can't force anything. Mm -hmm. And if it's their choice, it's their choice. So be willing to live with the consequences. So it's okay. Um, if you've brought up the subject, if you, you know, hey, go with me, try to think what the barriers are, you know, maybe they're fearful. And so we can address that issue. But going with someone to seminars and in Oklahoma City, at least, and across the nation, there are so many free educational forums where you can learn about what is available. And it having many options helps take the fear out of it. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. So then how can I make it easier on uh, we may have talked about this just doing it with them maybe would make it easier on my parents I want to make this process easy for them and I want to make it easy for me quite frankly (laughs) well you should because as a caregiver you've already experienced the stress that's involved with that right uh, knowing what someone would want and actually your grandmother tried to tell you early on she was ready to go to heaven so you should never have thought about taking her to the hospital Well, and, and honestly so about that hospital thing the fire, I called the hospital because I, I just, I wanted her, I wanted it to be done well. And I didn't know if I could do it. So I called the ambulance at one point, you know, they all come barreling in. She had a DNR at the, um, which is the do not resuscitate at the front desk, but she comes in and they're like, do you want to go to the hospital? And she said, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. So then I didn't know this. They ask you these three questions to make sure you're in your right mind. What year is it? Who is the president and what city do you live in? And she answered everyone. And we went through this twice. I did this twice trying to get her to the hospital every time she knew. And so at that point, I really should have just been like, okay, <laughs> grandma, you want to be here. You want to die in your home. I, I should have let it lie. But but it's easier to do that if you've discussed that in depth, almost rehearsed it like the Ambulance drivers practice what they're going to do, and the fire guys practice what they're going to do. We have to practice these things. Mm -hmm. That's why we should attend funerals and take our young children to them and use these as opportunities to discuss when we're not emotionally immersed in everything. And then we can see it more clearly, and then we have a pattern because people need to know how to do this. So the reason people loved your grandmother so much is because she had a precise way of doing things. You could... You can almost quote her, what she would say if she <laughs> yes. were here today. Yes. And so the same is true with all of these activities in terms of uh, preparing and planning. We, If we've seen it done well, then we know how to do this. And the, the reason there's such fear, your first question, mm-hmm. there's reason these horrible, horrible Hallmark cards about over the hill and whatever. At 40, I mean, at 40, you still know nothing, you know? (laughs) I mean, all the great inventions and companies have started with people over 50. I mean, KFC and, I mean, the Geico man was over 50. I mean, you have a list of people who have done amazing things over 50. Most all of them are over 50, including Sully Sullenberger, who floated the plane on the Hudson. Yes. They showed how his brain could not have done that at a younger age because you don't have the experience. Wow. I love that. So the, that's why it's so hopeful to live long and live well. Now, obviously, you've got to cooperate with that. I mean, you could mm-hmm. you could you could choose to mess it up, but again, that's where personal responsibility comes in. So, right. so we can take away the fear by taking away the the words that are around that, and by planning ahead and by demonstrating this is the way to do it well. The very best example. Do we have time? Yes. Is my friend Beverly who just went home to heaven, 
and she had lived joyfully all of her life. Her, her, uh, when she was asked, you know, what kind of a person you want to be, how do you want to be remembered? She was 93, I think. She said, I want to be remembered as a woman of God and joyful. Mm-hmm. And so she lived that way. She lived all through the pandemic. She lived joyfully, painted every day, had an art show. I mean, all of that as a choice to be joyful. Mm-hmm. So when she had all kinds of pains, couldn't find the answer. She called me one day and said, Marilyn, I'm so excited. Listen to those words. I'm so excited. They finally have named what's wrong with me. And I said, what is it? She said, it's pancreatic cancer. And that means I'm going to get to go and see my husband from 40 years ago and my daughter that died while she was in high school or early college. Hmm. And um, so she chose joy at every juncture. Right. And so the doctor said, well, you'll need to go on chemo. And, you know, and she said, no, I've decided just like your grandmother, you know. And so all of the people in her age group who talked to her during this time when she was on hospice and so forth said, I want to be like you. Why? Because she made a plan. Mm -hmm. She was so joyful about it. And they had not known it was possible or how to do it. Now they do. Is that not cool? Right. That's a great example. I love it. So she was birthed into heaven and she just, I mean, there was no one that could possibly be sad because she was. Because she was happy about it. She was living her plan, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to talk about the work that Villages OKC is doing. I have to say this has a special place in my heart because I now work for Villages OKC. And such an asset. (laughs) Thank you. I am loving it. And just, it's. I'm not scared. It's true. Once you like embrace this aging process, I'm not scared about it. I'm excited about it. Well, what we do is we start with the end in mind. So you start with, okay, what do I want on my tombstone and where am I going? (laughs) And then you back up from there and then you live because you've got things in order. You've got a plan and then you live joyfully because it's like, oh, now I can really enjoy this. You know, I've right. got, got all the housework done. Right. So let's talk about some of the things that Villages offers. We, our three pillars are learn, plan, and serve. So how do we go about learning in this phase of life? Well, we offer, again, can't make anybody do anything. So we mm-hmm. offer opportunities to keep learning. And uh, those who are interested in keeping their brains sharp learn that their brains are plastic at any age. So even if you've become... Uh, a little lethargic, you can change that today for your muscles or your brain or any body part. That's the wonderful thing about the way we're made. So we offer opportunities, uh, workshops and classes to learn about how our brain works, what we can do about it, how exercise impacts that, how sleep impacts that. And we have lots of fun doing it. For example, one that we had was called This Is Your Brain on Chocolate. And we, <laughs> we talked about the facts about how the various chemicals in your brain were, you know, and so we learned even how to eat chocolate. Would you like to know? I do. Okay, this is the way. You have to use dark chocolate. And you take, and first you anticipate. So you just open the wrapper of a Dove, you know, dark chocolate or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you you just smell it. And then you (laughs) anticipate it. And then you just, you know, and then you, and you never chew it. But you put it in the oven of your mouth and you just let it melt slowly. I do do that. Well, then you're going to live long, of course. (gasps) Great. I bet you learned that from your grandmother. <laughs> Probably, subliminally. Well, at any rate, along with the Dr. Pepper, right? <laughs> I guess. So, so the point is, in the process, we learned facts. We learned scientific facts. But we didn't approach it academically. We approached it with such fun mm-hmm. that everybody went away with the facts, having learned 
because of, of fun. So we do lots of uh, opportunities like that and meet great people in the process who are experts in the field, but who present it in this joyful way and actually are joining us on the journey. Many of them are members and instructors. I love that. Okay, plan. This is what we've talked about a little bit. Right. We, we have the best tool in the world for this, so well, explain it. Well, the tool that we uh, recommend that people begin with is called GIFT. G-I-F-T, Gathering Information for Transitions. So it's not the death book. This is, <laughs> this is the book of what would I want put in writing. So I think I have to think about it. I have to look at the options, put it in writing, and then talk with my family about in a crisis. For like my example of the uh, what would I want if I broke my hip, you know, mm -hmm. and just, just thinking through what I would want. And then specific things like I like my coffee after the meal with cream or without cream. I like it. In my case, I have an asbestos throat. I want it boiling hot, <laughs> and it just is disgusting if it's, you know, not. So when you know that somebody loves you is when they really have those specifics in mind, and so they know what you like to read, what you like to eat. and So this is a class. This is a, excuse me, yes, thank this you. This is a four-week class, and you are going to get a huge gift book that you're going to put how you want your coffee and when you want your coffee, and also your passwords, and where you want to be buried, among a whole host of other things. Right. Or if you don't want to be buried at all, you know. Right. Yeah. Even even uh, cremation has uh, certain laws and rules, and so just thinking through the options and writing those down. This is a four-week class, as you mentioned, so thank you for helping me there. It is a uh, workshop where you fill out a notebook. So the facilitator has all the questions and you have the answers because you have to figure out what you want. And mm -hmm. that's the hard part is really thinking through what each person wants. And it may be different. Right. And that's the joy of it. In, in, in the group, we get in conversation. We find new friends. We hear stories. We laugh. And so the, the joy is in learning that I'm not alone in this. Well, Everybody is in this process. And I have to say, as a child, I, I feel like that book is a gift. For me, that will, I, I want to plan, I want a map so I can do everything well. And so that book is truly a gift for me. So I, I feel like it's a gift for, I'll be, I'll be going through this class with my mom next month and I'll be gifting this book to my children. <laughs> or, or anybody else. I mean, in, in some cases it's been a neighbor who right. could just take the notebook and say, you know, okay, what, what did she prefer on this or what were her numbers so that so that the process could continue. Right. So if you're in the Oklahoma City area, we offer these classes every single month all around the city. You can just jump on our website at villagesokc.org and find the calendar and register for one of those classes. So the last one is serve. Let's talk about how we serve. Well, if you keep your brain going well mm -hmm. and you keep your plan ahead for a crisis because everybody's going to have a crisis, the best thing to do is get your mind off yourself, and that's by serving. And so we, that's where we really focus on opportunities to serve, to volunteer, to help another, because even those in our organization who are 95 and older want to help somebody else because that's how you feel valuable. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is in giving that we receive, and that's really what we focus on. So, mm -hmm. Love it. So if you don't live in the Oklahoma City area, it's okay. You can find people that you can serve in your area. You can create your own little village. There are villages all across the United States. This is a, um, this is 
Let me interject there. It's, yeah. It, we are part, we are a member of this network. Yes. So we're not a franchise or controlled or whatever, but mm-hmm. we are part of a group called the Village to Village Network. And so you could Google that and find out where there are existing villages or how to start your own. And that collaboration uh, information is all on there, mm-hmm. on that website. Everything is better with community. That's the bottom line. We were designed. We were designed for community, and this is sort of organized friendships, you know. So we, we do a, a good job of integrating those who had some questions, didn't know how, and and we just put that together. So nobody knows it all, but everybody knows something, and we just share it. <laughs> That's right. So you can also find villages on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. We've added LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm so excited because right. I'm learning. How valuable that is. Yes, yes. And think that's stretching my brain. So I'm going to keep on plasticizing (laughs) my brain. One thing I love about Marilyn, she's like, we are mature adults in the 21st century, and we are going to learn technology. Absolutely. (laughs) It's painful, but we are learning it. I mean, like putting on my earphones backwards or whatever I did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You just got to laugh about it, you know? Yeah. And now she knows. So something super exciting coming is we are going to launch a Villages podcast coming up that's going to be directly, or it's going to be, um, we're going to target mature adults and give you everything you need to know. We're going to interview people. Marilyn's going to be the host. So keep a watch out for that. You're going to want to listen to that podcast and you're going to want to share it. It's actually for people who want to be mature. You know, some of them aren't there yet. So we just, and we're going to laugh a lot in the process. That is true. Uh, one thing I have to say, Marilyn is the best boss in the world. When I first started every day, she'd be like, but did you have fun? But did you have fun today? And I, I am, yes, fun is number one on my list always. And so Marilyn, yes, I'm having a blast. Well, that's so great because you know. we need, we need every generation, every decade to understand um, the joy in life. And that's really what we're taking care of. Love it. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put all of the links to all of the things, to Villages' website, to the gift class, to where you can find us all on social media. And once we get that podcast going, check out my Instagram and uh, you can follow. I'm grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Marilyn. We'll catch everybody later. Thanks for joining us around the campfire this evening. I hope you learned something not only about our guest, but maybe even about yourself. If you've enjoyed my conversation and want to make sure you don't miss the next campfire chat, hit that subscribe button. Or even better, I'd love for you to drop a review to help others find a place around the campfire too. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.